0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, we're talking about hope all this month. Today we're going to be looking at, I want to talk about Make us aware of some enemies to hope. uh, Because there are enemies. You know, uh, it would be nice if, you know, we were in a place where, you know, there was never any opposition. There was never anything negative. There was, you know, never uh, any attack by the enemy against us. But I think that place is called heaven, isn't it? So, down here, we're going to be dealing with some enemies to our hope. Uh, You know... I don't know if you've ever heard of a gentleman by the name of Mel Fisher. He's a very successful treasure hunter. And in Key West, Florida, they've got a museum that's dedicated completely to all the different things that he's discovered, the the, the gold and everything that he's brought up out of uh, the ocean down there. And Cindy and I have, uh, have gone through that museum, and they've got chain ropes of gold. They've got gold bars, you know, that... Uh, you can lift them up man and you just you never realize how heavy and dense that gold is but they've got hundreds and hundreds of items you know throughout there it's, a, it's really amazing and priceless and because of his success mel fishers become a very wealthy man but i want to tell you a little backstory about it because many times you know all we see is we look at the end result we look at the finish but I'm going to give you a little backstory about Mel Fisher. He searched for 16 years, 16 years, without finding anything. Everybody say 16. 16. To put that in perspective, that would be, we would go back to the year 2000. So every day he was getting up, going to the ocean, diving down, looking around. For 16, from 2000 to today, Nothing. Everybody say nothing. nothing. He lost a son and a daughter-in-law to the sea. He lived on an old leaky boat all those years. Most times he could not pay his bills and he was dodging bill collectors all the time. Wow. Boy, that man that's somebody I want to hook up with, right? <laughs> But you know, he never lost hope. We're talking about enemies to hope today. He never lost hope. And one day, he found what he was looking for. And 30 years later, they're still pulling treasure out of that spot. Isn't that amazing? But you know, what I would ask you, the question I'd ask everybody, all of us here, how close are you to the treasure you've been looking for? Maybe it's a breakthrough in your health or a relationship or overcoming some other obstacle to God's will in your life. You know, how close are you? And wouldn't it be a shame that you got discouraged or disgruntled or thought that because it hadn't happened yet, it wasn't going to happen, and you just gave up right before your breakthrough was coming? So let's talk about some enemies to hope today. In 1 Thessalonians, if you have your Bible, we'll turn over there and start there reading. Chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 18. Paul knew a lot about hope, and he also knew a lot about dealing with the enemies to hope. Paul faced a lot of opposition, even though he was called of God He was doing exactly what God had called him to do. See, many times, see, one of them we'll look at in a moment, getting a little ahead of myself, but is deception. See, deception is is that we think, you know, okay, well, uh, you know, if I'm I'm believing God and I've got His promise, we've talked about focusing on the promise, remember that? I'm trusting God, I've got the promise, I'm focusing on that, I know I'm where God wants me to, then, you know, uh, I shouldn't be having this opposition. I shouldn't be having such a difficult time. I mean, what's the deal? And so a deception can stand in. So we want to look at all of the different things, mainly four of them today, the big ones, that we want to talk about. And the first one is delay. Delay. In First uh, or Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul is speaking here. He said, For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan Stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, uh, or or the crown in which we glory in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes? Is it not you? You are our glory and joy. Now here's the thing. The Apostle Paul, this is a man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He saw Jesus in the flesh by vision. He was caught up to heaven. All kinds of things that happened to him. And yet... As Paul is pursuing his purpose, he is running his race just like you and I do. We're running our race. He had opposition even though he was doing what God called him to do. And sometimes we think because there's delay, I've been believing God. I've been trusting God. I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm Mel Fisher, you know. I'm a, I've been on this boat and it's been taking on water and, you know, and I've been believing and I just don't see anything and it doesn't look like anything's going to happen. And all of a sudden, that delay begins to whisper to you, you know, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's good for Pastor Norris and and brother, so and so, and sister, so and so, but it's just not gonna happen for you. Satan's hindrances, listen, come against every one of us. From the greatest, like the Apostle Paul, to regular people, like you and I, that are endeavoring. To trust God. We're standing on His promise. We're pursuing the the will of God for our lives. But there can be delay. The enemy wants to delay. But remember what I told you before. And I'll tell you again. Delay is not denial. Just because the enemy can delay it. Doesn't mean that God is denying it. It doesn't mean that. Don't let the enemy's delay become God's no to you. The devil has no authority to tell you no. I'm going to say this again. The devil has no authority to tell you no concerning God's promise. Last I looked in the book, it says that Jesus is our Lord. Isn't that right? And he says that all of the promises... Are yes And we're to add our what? Amen to it Paul went on to say He's not like a man that says yes and no Are you listening? So delay is not denial And don't let the denial become The devil's authority to tell you no You know what that does? I'm just going to dig my heels in even more I'm going to stand up and declare, devil, you're a liar. Yeah. Circumstances, you're a liar. God has already said yes on the promise, it's mine. Jesus paid the promise. I paid the price, He shed the blood. He gave the promise. It is mine. It is mine. It is mine. Say that with me. It is mine. You say, you, th- you got to act like that, you sure do. Sometimes you got to talk to your head. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you got to talk to your head. You got to let faith in your heart talk to your head sometimes. Actually, a lot of times. Isn't that right? Especially when those circumstances start talking. Then we need to open our mouth and begin to talk to our head. Say, Listen up, head. Delay is not denial. Say that one more time. Now, the word here, delay here, or to hinder means to to detain, to impede, or to hinder. This is what the devil likes to do. He wants to detain your promise. He wants to impede its progress. And he wants to hinder you from accomplishing God's will. Hey, don't get mad at the devil. That's his job. Hey, that's what he does. You say... Did God give him that job? No. He took it on himself. (laughs) God never intended the devil to be the devil. Are you listening? Satan was created a perfect being. He decided. He made a choice. And now he's become what he chose. Hello? Same thing's true with us we make a choice and then the choice makes us i choose to believe on the lord jesus i choose to believe on the promises of god i choose to believe that god is good that his promise is yes that delay is not denial that's what i choose to believe and when i begin to do that you know what All of a sudden, that delay, all it does is my hope begins to get stronger. My faith begins to get stronger. I become more sure of God's promise than I ever have been. Remember, we looked in Romans 4. You don't have to turn there. But it says about Abraham that even though he received the promise, and it was almost 25 years later, there was some delay in there, wasn't there? It said, rather than grow weak in his hope and in his faith, Abraham grew stronger. Wow. So delay does not mean that I have to give up, that I have to give in, that I have to get weaker. But rather, I can what? Grow stronger. What? As I what? focus on God or as it says on Abraham the way he focused on God and it's a good way for you to do it too says he gave glory to God Amen. when those circumstances in the enemy begin to say you're not going to have it the price God's not going to come through you might as well just give up it's been too long it's been too much delay that's when you need to rise up and begin to give glory to God say so God's words true Amen. Amen. Let every devil and every man be a liar, but God's true. And you have to talk to your head. Say, head, listen to me. God's word's true. Repeat after me, head. God's word's true. That's what you got to do. You say, I don't know. I'd feel silly doing that. Well, do you want the answer or do you not want the answer? Oh, I want the answer, but I want to, you know, God to send an angel with a silver tray and bring it to me. No, the Bible says we have to fight the good fight of what? isn't that right? He said it's a fight. You ever seen a fight? You ever been in one? Don't answer that. Man, I was in before I got saved. I was in a lot of fights. Oh man, I'm tell you what. Even if you won, man, you know you know you when you've been in a fight. Wake up the next morning, one eye won't open. You know, hey, something's going on here, but it's a fight of faith, and I'm always surprised at believers that just they they act like they're shocked. I mean, because there's opposition, there's going to be opposition, but that doesn't mean that you have to be defeated and you have to give up. Are you listening to me? The Bible says in Galatians six nine. That God has a due season for every promise, for every promise God gives to us, there is a due season for it to come to pass in your life. If, if, everybody say if. If. See, it's if. See, God's promises are sure, but they also are conditional. They're, They're for everybody that believes. Now, I'm like you. I wish they would just fall on us like gumdrops in a, you know, in a fairytale movie. Ooh, look at this. But they don't because there's opposition. We have to believe. And in the face of delay when the enemy tries to hinder, we have to remember there is a due season. And I'm gonna stand fast in hope and in faith, and I'm gonna have my due season. I'm gonna see the promise of God become a reality in my situation. Amen. See, He wants to stall your due, due season. He wants to create what? Weariness in your, mi- in your mind. Mary in Galatians 6 9, there it says, Don't be weary, is that what it said? And well doing. For in what due season, you're going to reap a harvest. There's that little word again. If. You know, I think we have selective hearing sometimes. And also selective reading. See, we hear the part for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. Oh, yeah. Glory. Love the reaping of the harvest. But there's another little word there. If we do not give up. If we do not give up. So here, you know, I kind of put it like this. It's like this. I mean, I tell people, let's see. I'm going to start right here. How far is it from here to where that basket is in the front of that stage? Maybe two feet, two and a half feet. All right, I'm going to the basket. I'm going. Man, praise the Lord. I'm fighting that faith. How long is it going to take me to get there? See, this is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to delay you. He wants you to, to you know, take that, you take that step in faith, but then circumstance hits you, and, and most people, they'll back up. And then they'll recover a little bit. Here it go. Then back up. And all the time it's right there. You can see it, but you you know, as long as you're falling for his schemes, falling for that, you're never going to reach the promise. You stand there, and when the enemy rises up, instead of you stepping back, just take another step right up in his face. Are you listening? God's not giving you a spirit of fear. Don't be afraid of the devil. I read in my Bible that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Did you ever read that in the Bible? 1 John 4.4. 4. You can read it if you never have. So he wants to stall your due season by delay. Don't let den- delay become your denial. And don't let it, don't take it as a no from God. Focus on God's promise. Second, Deception. Deception, and I talked about that. We're looking at the circumstances rather than God's promise, and we can get deceived. Well, I mean, you know, if God wanted me to have it, I'd have it. Boy, there's a hunk of logic, isn't it? If God wanted me to have it, I'd have it. Then why did God give the Bible? Why did God say, without faith, it's impossible to please God? Why does it say that he that comes to God must believe? If God wants you to have it, it just fall on you. God wants you to have it, but there's a part that you and I have to play in this. And he says he gives the promise. He's the guarantor behind the promise. But you know what? You and I have to do something. And we can't let the deception of circumstances, and sometimes even well-meaning people, to keep us from obtaining the promise and allowing our hope to be fulfilled. You know, sometimes the people who discourage you the most are not even people who are, are, are what we would call, you know, unbelievers. A lot of times, it's unbelieving believers. Or sometimes it's believers that are mixed up about God. Are you listening? Now, remember I told you, you know, those concrete Christians, you remember that? Thoroughly mixed up and well set. You know... They, they, somehow they come up with the idea, you know, that, you know, if God breaks your leg, you know, that's going to teach you something. I don't don't know what that's going to teach you. Anybody ever had a broken bone? What did it teach you? Maybe don't do something dumb. I don't know. (laughs) You know, whatever he did to get it broken. I mean, you know, but you know, you can learn that without God. Can't you? No, God's not out doing all these things, bringing all these things against us. That's not what it is. And so the deception can be when I begin to look at the circumstances around me and I begin to let it determine the will of God for my life. I've got opposition. It must not be God's will. Yeah, I know God wanted, you know, sister so-and-so to have it, but he must not want me to have it because if he wanted me to have it, I'd have it. And I wouldn't be experiencing all this, you know, opposition and frustration. I mean, let's go back to Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul we just read, you know, God's, call on the apostle Paul he said I want you to go to the Gentiles in other words go to all the nations outside of Israel he said I want you to go and I want you to preach the gospel to them so that's what God wanted Paul to do then God sends Paul out to do it and so that's what God wants to do because what he doesn't want any to perish isn't that right he wants all men to be saved so he sends Paul out but at the same time he's going to put all this stuff up to keep Paul from doing what God asked him to do to begin with Now that doesn't make any sense to me, does it you? But now when I think about the devil who wants to condemn men, he wants men to go to hell, who doesn't want men to know the joy and the peace of salvation and the forgiveness of sins, then, you know, I can understand he's the one that's hindering. And the Bible says he's the God of this world. What does that mean? That he's operating in this natural realm. And so he'll manipulate circumstances and things against us. And we need to understand that, you know, when God gives us a vision to determine our direction, that vision is also for the strengthening of our hope. Look in Genesis. You got your Bible there. Genesis 15. Real quickly here. I'm going to give you the quick abbreviated version today. 15 verse 5. Well, let's back up to verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This is Abraham. The man, The man he's talking about Eliezer, his servant, will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him out outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited him as righteousness. God gave him a promise. Then he said, Abraham... I'm going to give you something to focus on that's going to help you hold on to the promise I've given you. He took him outside and he said, you look at the stars. And he said, this is the way... That your seed is going to be. And at that time, he didn't have a son. He'd been trying for years to have a son. Didn't have a son. There was no son in the, in the picture. No son on the horizon. No children. Nothing. God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm giving you a vision. I'm giving you a promise. And that is to strengthen your hope. So that you will not fall for the deception. That delay means denial. That the circumstances that come against you... It does not mean that my promise is not true for you. And so he held on to that. God gave him his word and gave him a vision. And here's what I, I say, and I'll say it to you again. We have to have a right focus. Amen. Hope grows strong or hope grows weakened, weakens depending on what, what we look to. Remember we said that that hope and hopelessness both are tied to a voice. If we allow the voice of our circumstance to speak to us, then hopelessness, the voice of hopelessness will be loud in our, our, our mind and in our thoughts. But if we tie it to God's promise and what he's shown us, then the voice of hope becomes loud and strong. And you know what that does? It begins to paint a picture within us. I see myself with the promise. I see myself with the breakthrough. I see myself with what God has promised. I see myself with it. You talk to somebody that's hopeless, and you begin to talk with them, and everything that comes out of their mouth is telling you about what they see on the inside. It's not working for me. I'm no good. Nothing ever worked for me. It just doesn't work for me. That's for other people. It's not for me. You hear, you hear that voice that's been speaking so loud within them, and, and, and it'll come out their mouth to you. But now you turn it around the other way, and we begin to let God's Word, God's promise, we focus on it. And all of a sudden, you hear somebody that's got hope, that's based in God, and all of a sudden, you hear something different. You know, you begin to hear, you listen... It's mine. God promised it to me. I will have it. I can see myself with it. I will have the breakthrough. I will. The healing is mine. I will see my household saved. I will have the finances I need. I'm telling you, you hear hope coming out of their mouth. Because you know what? That's what they see. That's what they dwell on. That's what they look to. And you've got to make up your mind. Now in James chapter one, he talks about a double minded man. Now I won't go and read the verse, but he's over. There. He says that he says, a man that is double minded. He's a man of two minds. And, and that double minded person is just like I'm talking about. Yes, I'll have it. Well, I don't know. Yes, I got it. I don't know. Yes, I can No, I don't guess I do. And I, I call it. A stalemate, a mind that is in stalemate. In other words, you can't go anywhere. When you're double-minded, the Bible says that that person will not receive anything from God. Isn't that right? Sure. Just like I said, you know, I'm going to go, I'm I'm going to take a two-foot journey, but I'm going? No, I'm not going Yes, I'm going. No, I'm not going. Yeah, I, man, God's going to do it. Uh, no, I guess not. And so you never get anywhere. You never make any progress. And if you stay at that long enough, I can tell you what's going to happen. Hopelessness is going to win out. You got to make a decision. You got to focus on God's promise and make a decision and move forward. Number three, real quickly doubt. Doubt is uncertainty, really is uncertainty of the integrity and the goodness of God. It's a belief of only what I can see. Now you remember, we call him Doubting Thomas. You remember Thomas, don't you? You know, and I I hate that he's got that, you know, that name attached to him because he didn't stay in doubt. Doubt. But you know, Jesus had been raised from the dead. He appeared to the disciples. But see, here was Thomas. He was not there. See what happens when you miss church? <laughs> Just thought I'd add that. <laughs> Jesus appeared in the midst while they were having church. But old Thomas, I don't know what happened to him. He overslept or something. I don't know. <laughs> see, you miss church, man. And they were all saying, man, you should have been here. What a meeting we had. We were in there, we were praying, all of a sudden, boom, Jesus walked right through the wall. Wow. Mm, The one time I didn't come. (laughs) But you know the story, Thomas said, said, well, you know, yeah, I know you're saying that. But he said, unless I can see it, I will not believe it. See, we don't want to be in that. See, that's what doubt does. Doubt says, "I'm only going to believe what I can see." I don't want to be in that club. I don't want to be in the only what I can see believing club. But really, when we doubt, just like Peter, that's when we begin to sink. Remember the story of the disciples across, and you know the story. Jesus was walking on the water. Uh, you know, going to pass them by. Jesus and Peter said, "Lord, that's you." You know. Bid me come to you on the water. Jesus said, well, come on. He said, why did Jesus say that? Because it was him. Did you see the way he framed that? He said, if it's you, bid me to come. Well, it was him. What was he going to say? Don't come. <laughs> Don't come. You're going to sink. I mean, he said, okay, come. So, you know, Jesus, I mean, Peter got out of the boat. He began to walk, didn't he? Yes. See, before we criticize Peter, you know, you, you got to walk a few steps. He did walk on the water. It says he, he walked on the water to see Jesus. He had faith to get out of the boat. He had faith to take some steps. But if you remember the story, it says, but when he began to look at the waves and the wind and felt the rain in his face. You ever seen a, a, a maybe a movie or something where they show uh, out on a large body of water a storm? I mean, those waves are coming up, you know. They're tall as, you know, a 10-story building sometimes or 5-story building. I mean, you know, they're going up. So when he's walking, you know, in the storm, he's walking. You know, he's walking down a wave. Then he's walking up a wave. He wasn't walking on his swimming pool. He was in the midst of a storm at sea. The wind was blowing his beard sideways. The rain was beating in his face. See, see, we're sitting here in our armchair. Well, what's the matter with Peter? (laughs) It's just unnatural to walk down a wave and then walk up one. Sorry, but it's just... (laughs) But it says when he began to look, he began to doubt. When he began to doubt, he began to... That's still the same way. See, sometimes it's not a real wave like that, but sometimes a wave of life can hit us, hit our boat. You know, and what we want to do is we want to batten down the hatches and lash ourselves to the boat. But Jesus says, hey, get out of the boat. Say what? (laughs) Get out of the boat. Uh, Is there plan B, Lord? But see, we focus, that's the time we focus on the promise. Because when we're in the storm, just like Peter, I'm sure that felt very unnatural. We get uncomfortable when a test, the trials of life hit us. It makes us uh, at, at dis-ease. <laughs> we're, we're not comfortable with that. So we have to focus on the right thing. And we cannot allow ourselves to look at the circumstances, but we've got to look Hope and believe in an unchangeable God. Unchanging hope connected to an unchanging God. Are you listening? The Bible says that because of God's integrity, the oath he swore, he cannot lie. That because of that, God's integrity, he says we can lay hold... To the hope that God's promise gives us, and it becomes what an anchor for our soul. You know, when a large ship, like a you know, like a battleship or something like that in the navy, when there they know a storm's coming. You know what they do? Most of the times, they don't come to port. They go out to sea, and then they have something they call a sea anchor that they let down. Now this sea anchor is a little bit different than a regular anchor. This sea anchor comes down and it it doesn't just it doesn't just grab them and you know and grab hold and hold it firm. But what it does is it goes down and it drags along on the bottom. And what it does is it keeps the ship steady from being swamped over. And see that ship may be doing this. It may be going up and down the waves and everything. But you know what? The key is this: the ship's floating. And see, you may feel like, man, you're go, going up and down the waves. You may feel like the, the, the wind is blowing your hair your sideways. You may feel all that stuff happening to you. But the key is you've got the sea anchor of the hope of God's promise in Christ Jesus. And even though your boat's doing this and you're getting somewhere, listen, your ship's afloat. That's what matters. And you're going to come through the storm. You're going to stay afloat. And God's going to bring you safely to the other side. Real quickly, the last one, discouragement. Mm -hmm. Means to lose hope to the point of giving up. Over in Psalm 42. Read that real quickly. Verse 5. Paul, uh, or, or rather, David is speaking here. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? That's a rhetorical question, isn't it? Most of the time we know why. He's going to tell us. Put your hope in God. In other words, your hope was somewhere else. Put your hope in God. Well, my hope's in my ability to tread water long enough. Your hope is in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Yes. Lose point to the, to, the, to the point of giving up. Uh, maybe it's personal failure. Just like Peter. Remember Peter? He, you know, Peter, he was quick to step up. You know, and, and, and you know when Jesus was talking about. You know, when he was arrested, he said, all of you are going to flee. And Peter jumps up, not me, Lord. You can count on me. He said, you're going to deny me three times. And then he did. It happened just like Jesus predicted, didn't it? And it says, he, Peter went out and he wept bitterly. Don't you know that was a bitter, bitter pill to swallow, so to speak. Denied the Lord. The Bible even says he even cursed. And this was you know, he wasn't under torture from a Roman centurion or something. This was just a little servant maid come on we're talking about discouragement maybe personal failure you know it's evident that Peter had lost hope he'd given up hope because when Jesus arose he said go tell the disciples and Peter See, evidently Peter was thinking of himself man I'm a failure I'm not I don't even I'm not even one of the disciples anymore I don't, I, just, you know, I don't you know it's all over for me and he said go tell the disciples and Peter Long delay, remember Joseph? We're talking about discouragement. He was about sixteen or seventeen when he was he got the, the vision from God, you know. That he was God was gonna use him, he was gonna rule and reign, and you know, and as soon as he shared that happy vision, that wonderful thing that God had told him, bam, he was thrown in a pit. Oh, hallelujah. And if the pit wasn't bad enough, then he was sold into slavery. And if that wasn't bad enough, even though he was in slavery, he did no wrong. He was falsely accused and put in prison. Then in prison, he was forgotten. We're talking about discouragement. Sometimes long delay, if we're not careful, we can get discouraged. We begin to think, wait a minute. God, you spoke to this to me a long time ago that my family was going to be saved or you spoke to this a long time ago that you were going to open this door for me or whatever it might be, God. It's been five years. It's been 10 years. It's been 15 years. It's been... Come on. And then setbacks. Naomi, you can read about this in the book of Ruth. Naomi was... Her name, the the name Naomi meant... Pleasant. But she, she went to a, 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 through a lot of setbacks. Her husband died. Then both her sons died. Hello. That's tough, isn't it? I said, that's tough, isn't it? And so she decided, you know, they had moved away from Jerusalem they, or, or Bethlehem. They decided to go back. They went back to Bethlehem and they'd been gone some years and everybody said, hey, this is Naomi. You know, this was a small town in those days. Everybody knew everybody. This is Naomi. She said, don't call me Naomi anymore. See, Naomi meant pleasant. She said, call me Mara. Mara means bitterness. I'm bitter. I'm bitter. Life had not made me better. It's made me bitter. All this stuff has happened to me. I have no more hope. I'm discouraged. I'm bitter. I'm bitter at God. I'm bitter at life. You know, if you've ever been around anybody that's, that's bitter, not only do you have empathy, and feel sorry for them. But I'm telling you, those waters coming out of their mouth are not pleasant to be around, are they? The Bible says that bitterness, a well of bitterness can spring up. and it says it can, it can pollute people all around them. All of a sudden, they feel hopeless, and they talk hopelessness, and they look hopelessness. But let me encourage you real quickly. Give me a couple of more minutes. It is 1208 you will not turn into a pumpkin. I promise you, I'm getting real close here. Turn over to Romans 5. We're going to close with this. and Then we're going to pray. Listen, hope is a beautiful thing, but if you think that there won't be challenges to your hope, you're wrong. If you think that there won't be delays or there won't Be setbacks or that there won't be doubt that tries to come against you. Listen, I believe in telling you the truth. Now, you can have the victory. But, you know, there would be no reason to talk about victory unless there is what? A fight of some kind. Isn't that right? Because you wouldn't be a victory. It would just be a handout. Okay? (laughs) Okay. Here it is. It's not a handout. It's a victory. And God wants us. To demonstrate in our lives His goodness, His hope, His promise, His will, and His purpose. And that glorifies God. When you stand up and say, bless God, God said it. I'm standing fast. Romans 5, real quickly here. Verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access... By faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know what? If you got hope, you know what you're going to be doing? Rejoicing. One of the things, you know, that these enemies to our hope will do, it will also steal our praise. It will steal our praise. You know, people come to church and you can just see it on them. Bless their heart. You know, we're worshiping and they're just, you know, they're like, I mean, you know, bless their heart. And you know, you know right away what it is. If they've lost their joy, it's because they've lost their hope. If they've lost their hope. They've lost their confidence in God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Oh, Paul, wait, oh, I didn't mean to read that. I didn't mean to mention the S word. Sufferings. Excuse me. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. Ooh, you got to persevere. You know, I, I talked about, you know, before I came to the Lord, I was in a few fights. It was very rare. Now, you know, I mean, you know that what Hollywood portrays Ain't necessarily so. You know that, don't you? You know, I, I didn't see too many fights where it was just one lick. You know, the first lick got in and that was it. The guy was out cold. Most of the fights I was in, even the ones I won, I took a few licks. Come on. the very few heavyweight champions of the world... Even though they may have completely, uh, they might be 25 and 0, I guarantee you. They took a lick or two in the ring, though. That's why we have to persevere. Persevere. Perseverance develops what? Character. God don't want you to be a character. He wants you to have character. (laughs) You know, you ever run into some of those Characters. I, I mean you got time for one more little quick story you in a hurry <laughs> I remember years ago church was over on the boulevard I was sitting in my office there and, uh, and one of the receptions at that time comes said pastor Norris you got to come out here there's a guy out here you got he says he's Jesus Christ <laughs> so I go out there and this guy's out there. And he, you remember, I don't know if they still do it, but used to in those days. When you go to, to Burger King, they would give the kids, you know, one of those uh, cardboard crowns. I don't know if they still. Well, he had one of those on. He, had, he was King Jesus. I'm not making this up. I'm promising. I'm telling you the truth. It's the truth. So, you know, God didn't want us to be a character. He wants us to have character. Isn't that right? (laughs) And character, character, what follows character in that verse? Interesting. The sequence there, isn't it? And character, hope. What did Abraham develop? Character and hope. What did Joseph develop? Character and hope. What is, you know, here's what God's wanting to do in us. He wants, his, he wants to see His promise and His will fulfilled in your life. Absolutely, that's a fact. But also, in this process, He wants some other things developed in your life. He wants character. He wants perseverance. He wants some spiritual backbone. Come on. I'm telling you the truth. See, it's real easy. You, oh, you're in church. You, yes, amen. Shout and do everything. Get up and do your little Pentecostal dance or whatever you want to do and all that kind of stuff. And you know. But it's another thing when you're out there. And the wind's blowing your hair sideways. And you feel like you're taking on a little bit of water in your boat. That's when you stand. Isn't that true? All right. Let me give you some action points real quickly and I'm going to pray. If your answer has been delayed, go back over your ground and make sure you've not grown impatient. Take a spiritual stand against the devil's hindrance. If you've been a person of a double mind or deception, focus your thoughts on God's promise rather than your circumstances. And if you struggle with an attitude of seeing is believing better known as doubt. Remember God's goodness and integrity. And if you are discouraged, strengthen your hope by looking beyond the failures, the delays, or the setbacks to the faithfulness of God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word.